Hey guys, I'm Pauline Ponders. There's something about coffee shops that always gives me a sense of comfort and stillness. Even with the customers rushing in and out, it has always been a true sanctuary for me where I can let my many thoughts flow. It is also a place where I've connected with the most amazing people, and many of those people I've met are a big reason of why I'm here with you today. Sometimes when life gets too busy, too hectic, and overwhelming, it prevents us from remembering to take a deep breath, to be still, and to be present. Here on Pause, Sip, and Ponder, we are doing just that. Join me and my guests as we talk about everything and anything and the aim to give you some encouragement and some thoughts for you to ponder on. So if you're ready, sit down, relax, and let's just ponder. Hello, ponders. Welcome back to another episode of Positive and Ponder. How are you guys? I hope you guys are doing fine. I am so excited for today's episode. I have a guest you heard last year in season one and he's back better than ever. <laughs> um, and I'm so excited to talk about this topic today. I think it's very relevant to what's happening right now. I think all my episodes so far have been one way or another have been pointing towards what's happening right now um, but of course we're not going to make that the major highlight and just talk about a lot of things today a lot of deep things so many of you are probably worried and wondering why all of this chaos is happening in the world and it may not even just be that it could be so many other things that could be happening in your personal life you probably have a lot of questions and believe me so do i hence my name is pauline ponder so i do have a lot of questions and many of us are anxious and unsure of the future um, we always try to understand what's happening but usually we don't and we're just trying to understand why all of this is happening in the world and maybe things were just getting better at school i mean for me i just got hired at a at a school at a new job and i haven't started yet and maybe you were just getting ready for some springtime plans with your friends or your family and then suddenly things took a turn for everyone and we're here <laughs> um so you know that i am a christian and i have a passion for sharing god's love and i've had a couple episodes talking about that but i haven't in a while and with everything going on in the world i didn't want to pass on this conversation and believe it or not a christian can question and doubt and wonder about all of these things and today we have again my friend Henry and you heard him in season one um, and also keep in mind we are on zoom so if you hear any outside voices or sounds this quality is all you're gonna get so um, I just am so grateful for technology nowadays um, and that we're able to have this and still communicate despite social distancing so if you listen to our last episode together in season one uh, titled uh, what is love he was giving certain parts of his book um, that he was working on and now today he finished it and I am so excited for you to share and yeah if you're ready sit down relax and let's just ponder All right, guys, we're back. So again, I have my boy, Henry. What's up, Henry? Doing pretty well. Thank you for inviting me to come back again. Uh, it's been a while. For real. Yeah, we haven't, uh, me and Henry haven't seen each other in a bit uh, because of school and everything. Uh, but we still kept contact, of course. But how are you in quarantine? How is life so far? Um, I, it was, it was tough a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Uh, 
it started off with me wanting to leave as much as possible um and it was like kind of that feeling of like claustrophobia where oh. i felt like i was like locked in a box and it's not like being in, spending a lot of time in my room isn't something i'm against but when i'm forced to it becomes a lot harder to deal with and it's weird going down the streets and not seeing too many people there that's where i'm at but i'm adjusting pretty well uh with my yeah. classes and everything so yeah i think a lot of us are adjusting even though it's like not fully there like i don't think we'll ever be completely satisfied with that, what's happening right now but i yeah. think we're slowly adjusting i mean you know there's just some circumstances we can't change. But yeah, I've been feeling the same way too. The first couple of days was like, ugh. I felt like I was caged in. I felt like, dang, is this what life is really going to be like? I mm-hmm. I think my first weird encounter, I was just, I felt like I was dreaming because it was like an apocalypse. Like, I think it was the second day of the whole virus uh, breakout. And like me and my friends were going to Trader Joe's and just... I don't know, like the whole scene was weird. It was like a moody day, it was cloudy. Like people were like, look scared and like rushing through the aisles and things were empty. Like those are the type of things you see on movies and I would never expect I would live in an era like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I have one of my friends who works at um, Mom's in Organic Market and mm. she told us a story where the second or third day of the quarantine, there was this lady that came in and she was she made herself like a makeshift hazmat suit um, out of just like household things and boots. And so she brought in plastic bags and she wrapped everything that she picked up in the store in the plastic bag so as to not like get it contaminated. So she went up to get it ring, uh, rung up by one of my friend's coworkers and um, my friend's coworker tried to take it out of the plastic bag so that she could actually scan it. And right. the lady got the lady got really upset and um she actually ended up spitting on the coworker because oh of the fact that she was concerned that they were the one they were the reason why the virus was spreading and so she had to be apprehended by the police and it was just it was just a lot. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. We live in some crazy times. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into that today, and let's switch it up and um, <laughs> talk about something a little bit more positive, <laughs> which is your book that is yeah. finally finished. What was the title of the the book? Amor del Mundo, which means <laughs> love of the world in in Spanish. Why did you uh, decide to title it that? Uh, because it's essentially. D- a discussion of the concept of love in a variety of ways. Um, mm. I look at it through my own life, um, in my own life experiences, and then also through the Bible and the stories that I've heard growing up and stories I've taught myself about um, as I've continued to grow in my faith. And amidst all of that, just kind of this wondering of like, what is what is love as we know it to be, as I know it to be, um, and how important is to have my own definition of that um and so love had to be in it and then love of the world just because love is complicated uh love is all over the place and 
this book um, is sort of all over the place, or at least it feels like it as you read through it. Um, and it engages a lot of different aspects of it. Um, so that's where I came from. Awesome. Yeah. And if you guys haven't already after this episode, please check out our first one we had together, which is What is Love? Which is basically what, you know, his whole book is really about. And I can't believe it's been a year at least. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. and with your um your writing process, uh, I mean, when I went through it, you went like hard. <laughs> like this is a thick book. And um, how old are you? 22? 21? 20. Wait, you're 20? Yeah. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Wait, when are you turning, turning 21? In May. Oh, snap. What the heck? Okay, guys. He's only 20. I'm 22. I mean, I'm 20 as well. <laughs> not 22. But um, that just goes to show you that age is just a number. And you can do great things like Henry, like write a freaking book. So that's awesome. All right, let's move on. (laughs) So um, there's a section in Henry's book that really caught my attention and he helped me kind of find that as well. Um, So in our first episode, we talked about love. Um, And this one um, is called Everything Has Its Own Appointed Time, which I thought was very important. I think right now, I think a lot of us are anxious. Um, some of us, um, some of us are nervous about what's happened, going to happen in the future. We don't really know exactly why things are happening the way they are at this particular time. Um, but you know, if you go through Henry's book, I think there's just so many, um, enlightening things that I, I, I was intrigued by, and I thought it would be really cool to go through it. Um, through different sections that I thought was spoke to me personally and I just wanted to get more of a more context and just to get dig deep um, and hear more on Henry's uh, motives in creating it and with every word every intention I think it'd be really interesting and then we're just going to discuss also what it means to us personally and and what we can get from these quotes and these uh, words that he has generated for us to listen to um, so yeah despite the ease that would come with knowing all that was to come the beauty that accompanies the appreciation that comes from a moment well spent would surely be lost. And so then there must be a reason why we do not know. All right, guys, so what you just heard is the first part that um, I highlighted in Henry's section of everything has its own appointed time. And I was really drawn to this. And also I think it's a good intro to what we're talking about. Um, So what brought you to this observation or curiosity uh, to the unknown? Like what? First of all, like, I guess in general, uh, why did you think talking about appointed time, perfect timing um, was important? Like, how did it come across your mind personally in your, in your personal life? Uh, well, so the parts of the book that this particular section comes from is called Overcoming Blindness. And so in this exploration of overcoming blindness, uh, I felt like I was blind, um, just to, I mean, like in, in the simplest way. Um, and so 
I was trying to understand why is it that everything happens in this way. Um, and there was almost like a feeling of like helplessness and like things didn't really have a more enduring purpose at times. And so the sections that precede everything has an appointed time actually go into that. Um, and they really kind of address those feelings where it's like, okay, well, I'm doing all these things um, and I'm getting these accolades and these awards and prizes, but there's no purpose behind them. There's, there's no, nothing enduring that stays with me and that means something to me 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now. And so it was just pages and pages of exploring that. And I remember more specifically as I was writing it, I came to the end of one of those sections where I was talking about the meaningless of things. And I kind of thought about, well, okay, so it might be meaningless, but then what's the reason for that? And if we believe that God as, as he is, is above us, and places everything into whatever, puts everything in place the way he wants it to be, then that means that he has control over it all, right? And so there must be a reason for things to happen in the way they do. So that's that's where that sort of came from, the section in general, uh, I suppose. Um, do you believe there's a such thing uh, as a coincidence or believe in coincidences? No, uh, I believe that God has a purpose for us all, uh, and our purposes are interwoven with one another, um, and that God being outside of time can shape that in whatever way he so pleases, um, and that we're here as an aspect of that, and we're living and experiencing that right now. Yeah, I completely agree. I think. There are moments, like I think when we're alone, especially when things are overwhelming, um, I think during that time, that's like, well, one thing I've been training myself or, or telling myself is that in, in any time I'm in a situation that's overwhelming, that it has purpose. And practicing that and kind of conditioning myself to think that way has helped me through trials um, throughout life. Like, I don't know, like every time I put that and make that my first mindset that this is happening for a reason, for a purpose, um, I automatically have this weight lifted off of me. And before, when I would just turn to the other things like, you know, worrying about my future and uh, trying to take things in my own control and not even considering that everything we have in life is a part of a big picture, um, which is something we can also discuss later on. Um, if I don't have that in mind, I think I'm just, my mind is like lost. Like I don't even know what I'm doing at that point. But when I have in mind that everything has a purpose, has the most perfect timing um, for certain reasons, then I don't know, life is just more blissful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you say there's a specific moment when that transition sort of happened for you? As in like mm -hmm. that, to believe that 
there was a greater purpose to everything? Yeah, I think I realized it maybe like middle, no, not middle school, that's way too young, like high school. But here's the thing, like when I was younger, I grew up with the don't expect too much mentality um, just due to income and just like family stuff. Like I would never expect too much. And I would always, if someone, if my mom said no, like small example, like I couldn't get something at the mall or at the store and she says no, um, I wouldn't make a fit. I would just be like, okay. And if we were ever to go in the mall in the future, I would have in my mind like, oh, she's probably not going to get me anything anyway. So I just not bother. Um, so that's like how I was growing up when I was younger, but that had no meaning to me. And then when I grew older, uh, when more trials started entering my life, I, at first, um, I wouldn't really consider that there was any purpose in it. I just thought like, dang, the world is against me <laughs> and that, oh, I must have done something wrong for me to deserve these things, right? But later on, I started um, looking back at my life previously when I was younger and how much God has has pulled me out of situations, has protected me in certain situ uh, situations, um, and how much trials he allowed me to go through to reach this point. So I think um, that moment of reflection, and I think we have a lot of those, causes us to kind of have that moment of gratitude and then realization of, you know, maybe that did happen for a reason and that's why I'm here. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And that kind of brings us to this particular excerpt, the one that I read out, um, and the discussion of how it's like, okay, well, we could know, um, but it's like, what about that moment when you realize what you didn't know before? right? And there's so much beauty and joy that comes out of um, the realization of something. And to be, to have it just laid out in front of us kind of loses that a little bit, I feel like. There must be an explanation for the lack of clarity over what will shape our lives and what will merely melt into the growing flame of our existence. Just as there must also be an explanation for the curiosity placed within us to even ask such questions. What benefit would it do God to have us not know everything as it's meant to be? Better question. What benefit would it do us to not know everything from the start? This is a question that was recently posed to a group of people I was in by a friend of mine in the context of a conversation about why people have to experience so much pain in this world. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I like it when you said, uh, what benefit would it do God to have us know everything as it's meant to be? And, and then when you said better question, what benefit would it do us to not know everything from the start? Uh, also, I wanted to ask uh, who was, what happened in that conversation with a friend? How was that brought up? So it was um, the weekly college group at my church. And we were just talking about 
the concept of predestination versus free will. And my friend um, was really frustrated about it. And they asked this question about why it is that we don't just know everything from the beginning and why we can't just have the, the answer sheet from the start and then just fly on through life. And so that, for me, actually sparked the rest of this and the rest of my thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because me, myself, I can be a little bit anxious. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not afraid to admit that I am an anxious person. I have a lot of anxiety, not like to the extreme extreme, but there are moments where I do get anxious. And it's crazy because right now we don't have school, really. I mean, sort of. And our schedules are like completely cut. And praise God, I haven't been super stressed or anxious, which is pretty crazy, you know, um, just thinking about that. But anyways, I learned, um, I think a couple months ago, one, I would never call myself a control freak. Um, I was doing like a survey. I was like, and it asked like, are you a control freak? I'm like, no, what? No, I'm not a control freak. But after reading um, a book, I forgot where I got it from or what book it was, but it was saying that if you're an anxious person, that usually means you're a control freak because you want things to happen a certain way. If something um, does not go a certain way or things are not smooth or you premeditate, uh, premeditated on something like a goal or an aim and then things just switch up or things just don't go to plan, then that's when the anxiety kicks in. And that is when you realize you are a control freak. It may not be to other people, but to yourself you are. And um, I think a lot of it was happened a lot during like senior year or not even senior year, just I think throughout my whole life, I think that's why I'm like such an anxious person. And it's because, you know, sometimes we always want the answer. And for you, Henry, have you ever ran into a situation where you wished you didn't know something? Because I think a lot of us um, like would want to know answers, but yeah. there's some instances where, dang, I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it was actually my senior year as well. And I'm not going to go into like specific details, but there was a lot going on at home. And so I wanted to understand like where that all was coming from. And so... I dug and I dug and I dug um, because I loved to know answers. You know, I love to um, think and explore and like solve things. And so I did that, you know. Um, I I always laughed with myself because like I always thought of myself as like a young like sleuth, like a mystery sleuth. Um, and so I found out what it was that was going on um, and everything related to it. And I know for me, it was this crushing feeling where it's like, what do I do now? You know, um, like I have this information, but it, all it does is it makes me more anxious. Um, it stresses me out more. It gives me more things to think about. Like I feel so much more restless now that I know it. So yeah, that w- that's probably the biggest example for me. I think one of what one example I could bring from my life is, um, of course, I'm a very people person. I love communicating with people. I love talking to people, obviously. And I think 
I think for me, with my personality trait or whatever, I love hearing people's stories and I love getting to know people. I'm a very open book. And um, sometimes when you're so, I I, I guess I would say invested in people and you're so, you have such a passion for it, soon enough you're going to realize that not everyone is who they say or act to be. And you wish you want to have known that. Um, And so I don't know if you've ever taken like the 16 personalities test. The, what is it? Uh, The Briggs Briggs test? MBTI. Exactly. Yeah. The Myers-Briggs test. Yes. So um, last year, because, you know, psychology, uh, psychology class, I took it and I got ENFJ, which is protagonist and they're known to be leaders, and they're all optimistic, and um, everyone is just inspired by them, and they give, like, crazy good speeches, and and it's so easy for them to lift up, you know, the room, and uh, just last week, I retook it, because I heard my friend retook it, and she got a different one, and I was like, huh, that's interesting how she's not the same one. It's been a year, so I tried it out, and I also got a different one, and I got INFJ. So it's not far off. It's in the same group. But I was like, well, what's with this I? And I realized that I'm my passion is still for people, which is true. Like I've seen that. But I wouldn't say that I, I draw. I, I was drawn to be cold, but I become more cautious because you learn certain things about the world, about humanity, about, you know, when you're so curious or if you want to really know something and want to have reason and answers to why everything is happening, why people are like this, why did this happen to me? Sometimes you're bound to hit a wall or disappointment. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I think that's like an interesting thing, Uh, a consequence, I guess, that comes with wanting to know everything. Yeah, for me, um, I'm also, well, I mean, you're no longer in the NFJ, apparently. but I'm in the NFJ, um, at least based on the last time that I took it. Uh, and while you were talking about how yours changed after you took it again, I kind of wanted to take it again now too, because the last time I took it was two years ago. Um, and that's where I was. And I feel like I've kind of closed myself off a little bit too, um, for the same sort of reasons where like I used to be so willing to share my story um, with every every single person that I saw, uh, whether I'd known them for 10 years or 10 seconds, I came to the same realizations where it's like, it's not always beneficial to do that. And not everyone necessarily has the time or the will to invest themselves in my story. So I became more selective. I think it's 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 so easy for us to like feel guilty within that time yeah. like paying like am I am I a bad person because of that but mm-hmm. um like we've been saying that you know with every change that happens within within us I think is also for purpose you know we become I wouldn't say closed off but we we become more cautious in how we present ourselves or how we open up to people simply for protection and I think God really plays a role in that too. 
because all he wants the best for us and he wants us to not be constantly worried about the world or for people uh, of people you know so i think he he changes us for the good because you know we thought we were fine before but you know god's plan is always for us to grow and to mature and to realize these things so i think a lot of people would assume that god only wants you to think one certain thing but i think god is way more cooler and unique and and passionate about what we put into our brains you know, of course, with caution, but um, he wants us to explore, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's like, just because um, you've been harmed in the past um, or like you opened up to someone and they shut you down or closed you off or walked away from you, doesn't mean you should instantly close yourself off from every single other person that um, you meet in the future because there's there's a beauty to sharing your story and owning who you are. Um, and then there's also a need to still maintain that curiosity um, and to still seek to grow um, and to understand just because it's like, at some point we all have to face our own purposes um, and what we mean in the reflection of God. Um, and so we still have to seek that answer out. Definitely, definitely. Ah, good stuff, good stuff. All right, um, let's move to the next part. Would it be nice to know everything from the start? Perhaps, as it would clearly outline how we can become saints so we can rejoice in his kingdom. But for what? If we knew all, then why would we need to be here? What would the purpose of me walking on the log barefoot and blind be if I knew what was to come from the beginning. It would lose all significance in the context of other events that would no longer come upon me like a thief in the night. I love that one. Uh, especially the log scenario. I thought that was genius. You're so smart, Henry. <laughs> You're talented. Um, I really like that. And I was just imagining myself doing that, especially um, when I used to live but at my old house. Of course, when you're younger, you don't really have, you don't have really the access to just like go everywhere. Um, like, you know, unlike, you know, when if you had a car, then you could just drive off wherever you wanted. Yeah. But my comfort spot was like at a creek down my street. And I would go there in times of, you know, feeling overwhelmed. And I would go there and I would walk on this log and it just brought me back to that memory. And uh, I wanted to ask like, why do you think we do certain actions knowing there is a bad consequence? And I think we do that a lot, <laughs> subconsciously and consciously, you know? I think because we want the thrill, you know? Um, that mm. I think thrill is the first reason, right? Uh, where it's like, this thing could harm me, you know? Um, but there's like, it's almost like the forbidden fruit in a sense where it's like, but if, but I mean, I can do this thing though, you know? And it's, and it's still really cool and everything, um, which is why a lot of people justify the use of like all kinds of different substances and everything just because of that, you know? Like the, the joy, the, the high that you get from it. I think also because 
there might be a secret belief that it's not actually as bad as we think it is. And there's a feeling that we might be like lying to ourselves where it's like, oh, well, I mean, I mean, it could be bad, but it's like, what if it's not actually, you know, what if someone just told me for years and years that this was bad, but I can't actually, I don't actually believe them. Um, and I want to prove to them that they were wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is kind of like on a deeper, deeper end of another interpretation in like the worst case scenario is for those who commit suicide. And I wanted to bring that up because many Christians or many, many people will ask, you know, in the realm of, you know, suicide and, and, and that sensitivity and that, you know, depression, um, will ask, you know, do you believe you have a purpose in life? And usually, not always, um, people would say no. I, and that's usually why it would lead to, you know, the case of ending someone's life. Um, exactly. For not feeling they have any purpose here on earth and that there's nothing to live for. And it kind of brought me to that, you know, walking on the log barefoot and blind if I knew it was, if, if I knew it was to come from the beginning. And all, all our life, I think, is, is all about being curious what's on the other side. Yeah, I think, I think that's just one interesting thing is that um, sometimes usually we would think these certain ways because we feel like we don't have a purpose in life. I think that death is an inevitable thing. And I think as hard as it is to accept it, especially during these times, I think the only way for us to kind of not get over it, but to work with it is to accept it, you know, and to um, kind of like what you said, like risk it, if that makes sense. And that can be, again, left to any interpretation in life, you know? Yeah. And I think firstly, um, as we talk about suicide, and then as I mentioned before about um, su substance abuse and those kinds of things, uh, if anyone listening is suffering from those sorts of ideations, um, know that you're not alone, um, that you're heard. And I think it's so important to accept it, as you said, um, and to embrace it, um, embrace the fact that it's there, you know, um, that suicide's on my mind, you know, and from there, like engaging with it and trying to understand it's like, okay, like where does, where does this like really come from? You know, where have I come in my life that, that's led me to this point? Um, and I know for me personally, um, my senior year of high school, and it's funny because I've been thinking about this uh, for the past like week or so. I met this, I met this girl online, right? And she lived in Texas. And so we were talking and everything. Um, and a few weeks in, uh, she told me that she was she had tried to commit suicide and that she was really depressed. Um, and I just tried to erase the need to give her like the right answers from my mind, I guess. Because you know how like people sometimes um, think they need to say the right thing. And it's like, I kind of realized after a while, it's like, that's not always what's needed, you know, just to be heard and to be acknowledged. And I know from just listening like on a nightly basis to her and um, 
acknowledging who she is in her story um, and everything that was going on with her family um, that weeks later there was like a clear like in improvement like in her mood and that it was just from like me listening you know um, and I think that was like so powerful for me because um, she went from thinking that there was no point and that she might as well be gone to acknowledging the fact that um, she's her own person um, with her own story and with, with the purpose to live out, you know? And it's something we take for granted sometimes, the value of that purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I think I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it to you uh, or maybe it was someone else, but um, over the summer, and I, I think I mentioned this in my podcast too, last summer I was a part of a uh, youth summit and um, I was, for the first time, I was a youth leader and I was in charge of so many things. That's when I also had my live podcast session with our pastors and leaders. So that was really exciting. And so this is a whole different field because, you know, instead of being one of the younger youth and being just a member, I was helping, you know, organize everything. So it was a lot more stress. And I was assigned 13-year-olds, 13-year-old uh, girls. Um, we got together, got to meet them, but not even with them. But like, I just had a feeling of heaviness uh, when I entered, when all those youth members entered the room. I felt like there was some sort of heaviness. And when I got closer with my group, I learned that at their young age, they all, well, I, I learned that I had I think five members and I first found out about three who had a suicidal thoughts. I was like, what? You guys are 13. That's crazy. Um, and then later on I would discover that the rest also had suicidal thoughts because, you know, they talked about it, but it was so, it was so sad because they talked about it in such a casual way. And in the moment I was like, God, like, whoa like this is crazy and then I thought about it I was I also got like some I asked some feedback and some ad advice from my leaders um, because this is the first time I ran into a situation like this and then I was like wait I went through the same exact thing at their age and it was crazy I didn't realize it till later on and so I just told you know my pastors like you know, I, I don't want to make it so it's, it's a sensitive topic. So I don't want to just like address them as a whole. Like, what do you think? And then they just said, you know, let God minister to them and we'll see how it goes. Because it was my entire group that, you know, that were depressed. And so I had a real heart and like a heartache for them. Um, I was really crying out to uh, crying out to God for them. Later that night, we had, um, power night which is like basically praise and worship night and we made history because on that night I was a host so I was like hmm I, f I feel like you know to to speed up time uh does anyone want to share a, a testimony and so one person came up this guy and he shared that he was depressed and he went through suicidal thoughts and from that one testimony the entire the entire congregation, the entire youth uh, summit came on stage because we 
we were like, okay, there's something happening. And so we were like, okay, raise your hand if you went through suicidal thoughts and are depressed. Raise your hand if you've, you know, been molested or abused. Raise your hand if, you know, you, um, if you have like family problems. And so I could you not, like the majority of them raised their hands. And from one testimony on stage came everyone else. And it was because people were listening to one another and people were sharing and where they felt like, oh, they weren't alone, you know? And um, I think knowing that, that you're not alone, kind of adds to this, okay, if a lot of people are experiencing this and, and they're getting through it, then maybe I can get through this and there's a purpose to why I'm going through that, you know? Yeah, no, it's, so, it's so beautiful. Because, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so beautiful because that's where this entire part comes from. You know, like the the discussion of overcoming blindness, where it's like you feel like there's you're just looking out, um, but you see nothing. You know, like your eyes are open, but there's nothing coming in, and that's kind of like how I felt where it's like that intrinsic questioning of like, what's actually the point of all this, you know? Um, and I think we all sort of go through that in our own ways. Um, and it's so important um, and so powerful that you gave your youth um, a platform to speak on. Yeah, and like I I was just so grateful by the end of the night of what just happened. Like it was amazing. Like it was really beautiful. And after the end of the night I was like, "Oh my gosh, thank you Lord for bringing me these kids t- to my life and thank you for allowing, you know, my moment, my season of depression happen or else I wouldn't have talked to them or I wouldn't have, you know, reached out to them or would have yeah. the words to say." So, yeah, there is a purpose in everything, guys. <laughs> Believe it or not, it might take some time, but there's always a purpose of things. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on to the next part. Life would have no joy in it, and we would lose the importance of the time that we have here. This time is precious. The way I like to think about it is, We all have our own hourglasses of sand that God is keeping an eye on. And they all have varying amounts of sand in them, depending on how long you have left here. Do not squander your hourglass by seeking to understand why we live the lives that we do. Maximize it by making use of every single grain of sand that is in the hourglass. Babies do not worry about time. They simply live. And so be childlike in the sense that you need to also simply live. You have no control over what is to come next. And so embrace it all as it comes. That right there just highlighted the beauty of life and time. I think time today is seen as like a, I don't know, like it's a ticking bomb. Like our, our lives are, are running out. Like our, we're, we're reaching the finish line soon and we don't know when that'll be. And uh, people will take that 
as you know I, I have to do as much as I can before that happens and I believe that's a good thing too just because you know you're motivated to do as much as you want depending what that is but I think you know just to simply be in the moment is so important as well and to like not take time for granted is really important but also don't stress about it you know too much but also <laughs> but also do as much as you can but yeah it goes back to the previous exit uh, where i was talking about how like if you knew everything that was going to happen then you lose the the raw emotions that come from the moment as it does happen you know and it's like the grasping of this moment as you have it and the grasping of the next moment because it's like there's i feel like we can all think of examples where a a tiny little thing happened to us but that it affected us for years and years so yeah i think we'll always try to look to the future too much but you know like a an hourglass you can't rush it you know you can't rush it so yeah i think that's awesome and everything has its own timing everything does like it, it it's perfect the way god has planned everything and sometimes it doesn't make sense but it's it's still amazing um and he's he's amazing <laughs> i thought that was interesting because i don't know if you've read it and i mentioned this so many times in my podcast the four agreements this book taught me so much and it mentioned how as babies of course uh we don't have a choice and growing up you know when we're when we're infants or when we're growing up as kids we're told what to believe uh whether we want to accept that now as adults or not but we are told what to believe we are told what's right from wrong we are told certain things and what to believe and uh in this book it says that we don't truly live the life we were destined for until we make our beliefs our own and that i mean that's it's, that's obvious too you know our faith wasn't always this serious you know and it won't always be serious all the time you know we go through different seasons but of course when we're younger like we are and this was hard for me as a christian to kind of understand but when i read it i was like it's so true that we aren't truly living our own personal life, the one we were destined for, until we make the beliefs and challenge the beliefs. You know, if we were just to believe certain things just for the sake of believing it or for, for making our parents proud or, or for their expectation, that isn't fully living. So what do you say about that? You know, when you say that, are you saying that we should act like babies and just act like, you know, um, just let things happen? and just take it as it is and believe things as it is and just do that uh i'm saying that as that we should do as much as we can in the moment um and as things come along in life um still do everything that you can on your part um to maximize that chance right if we think about it um as an example like an athlete right um they will practice and practice and practice right and they'll think about different scenarios they'll face during the game um and 
ways that they'll maximize their talent um, and ways that they need to improve upon, um, situations they need to prepare for. But when you come into the game, right, you can do everything you can within the game to affect it in a positive way, right? But there's still things that are outside of you, right? And so the perspective of being childlike comes in when you when you're in the game and things aren't always going your way not trying to grasp onto it um and take control over things you can't control right uh because you actually mentioned earlier about how um the when you're a really anxious person it shows that you're a little bit of a control freak right and so it's like in those moments of anxiety, those uncertain moments, when it's like the game feels out of my reach, you have to remember that you can only do what you can do. You can't do what someone else can do. You know, you can't control those other things. That's out of your sphere. You can only play your game. Yeah, I wanted to challenge that question because I think a lot of people will assume that, oh, um, when you turn to Jesus, that you automatically drop everything. You let go of your passions. You let go of what's close to your heart. But, you know, we have to remember that God wants what's, what's close to our heart. And he wants the best for us. And he wants us to be joyful and happy. Um, it's all a matter of thinking of it as like, you know, you're, you're giving God permission to move in your life. You know, and if we understand that, we are more willing to let God do whatever he wants with our life, you know? And I yeah. think that's, that, that is what true, true trust in God looks like, you know? And I'm not going to say that I trust God a hundred percent subconsciously because, you know, again, with being anxious, you know, I, I know that is not of God yet I do it. And, and a lot of us do as humans, um, and I think there's a beauty in just finding, understanding that, you know, just realizing that. And I think conviction is a is a crazy thing, but it's also a beautiful thing too. You know, it's like a little nudge, like yo, you know, you don't have to be like this way. You know how you don't have to think this way. You know, right. And I think there's an important distinction to be made, right? Where it's like there's childlike and there's childish and so it's like preach um, yeah and it's like it's a lot of people assume childishness right but is that's why you're told to be childlike in the bible right because if you're childish then you're not just having the mentality right you're doing the sorts of things that children do right which is immature and then you're missing the point. I, I, I really like that, the childlike faith. If you guys don't know what that is, childlike faith is basically what he explained already. And it's like when you f- fear God and not fear as in you're scared of him like, like a ghost or something, but you fear him as you fear your parents, you know, you're, to the point where you fear them because you want them to be proud of you. Like you want to do what makes them happy. Like you fear disappointing them. And I think God, using that example of calling us his children, 
I think is so precious. Like he'll, he'll, we'll think that he's like disciplining us as adults. And then we're like, who are you to like, you know, take this away from me? Like, you know, I can handle this. Like I can, I, I know better. Like I've been through this. So just trust me, God, to, to, to do it again, you know, but he'll nudge you like you're a kid, you know, he's like, okay, you know, I, I remind, I'm just reminding you, God has a slow anger with us and a big patience with us. <laughs> so I think that was really interesting how you brought up the babies and like childlike faith. And I thought that was really, really good. How exactly does one go about allowing the past to prepare them for their present and future? Just like the other answers that we have come across so far. This one too must lie within us. You must be present in your good moments and in your bad moments, in your victories and in your defeats. For it is in being present that we can more fully experience the moments as it was truly meant to be. God is preparing you right now for incredible victories. And if you feel like you are in a season of joy and success right now, then celebrate in that moment. And if you feel like you are in a lean year in your faith progression, then celebrate that as well. For it is written that, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord God. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a good future. Jeremiah 29 11. I love that verse. I think a lot of Christians know that, um, that popular verse. And it's a beautiful verse. Um, that one really sticks home for a lot of people. I wanted to talk about purpose in terms of this virus, because I did mention that we, we would go across it. Um, why, do, why do you think this is happening? Do you, do you have any um, theories? <laughs> um, I'm not necessarily sure why this particular thing is happening. Um, but I would say that if we're thinking about it in terms of God's intention behind it, um, it could be to remind us of the things that we value the most um, and to remind us to not take things for granted because um, we have a bad tendency of doing that, and myself included, to also um, remind us to be appreciative of the people closest to us uh, and to repair those relationships that we may not have had the time in air quotes to do so before. I think as well, especially in this time of Lent, right? Where it's like there's this testing of the soul and testing of the body and testing of the mind. And with the concept of Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, being tempted by the devil uh, and being only protected by, being protected by the angels. We ourselves are facing a sacrifice in that sense, right? Not Many of us not being able to go to work, many of us not being able to, to go to church um, or to see our friends, some of us not our families, um, to go out and have fun in the ways that we normally would and so there's 
there's a there's a poverty of spirit i feel like that god is trying to bring about with us through this um especially as we lead up to the start of holy week what my immediate thoughts of the whole thing um in terms of what i believe that what god is doing and again you know these are just my personal thoughts of of what god has revealed to me i think I think this certain thing, this like world being on pause was on purpose or was meant to kind of have people pause and having to need to pause. I think life was going so fast. So much was happening in the world. So much has been happening in the world in terms of everything in our personal life, you know, and, you know, I'm not trying to sound like I'm insensitive to, you know, all the casualties that have been having, that's horrible. And the reason why I ask you about your thoughts on it is because, you know, from reading Jeremiah 29, 11, a lot of people, even if you're Christian, will be like, okay, but why is this happening? You know, you say you want, you have plans for us to prosper and not to harm us and give, you know, you want plans for us to to have hope and have a good future, then why, God, are you doing this? Like, it doesn't make sense, you know? And I think that's all in a matter of really, if you're really willing and hungry to find out, and again, we will never have the full answers to everything. And I could, we could have just ended the episode like that. Like, you're not going to have all the answers to anything. Sorry. Like, (laughs) I don't even, I don't even have the answer. Sorry. But yeah, everything has its appointed time. <laughs> right. Um, and I think this particular trial that the world is facing right now is all going to be unique in every single person. And for me, I think it was, it was a wake up call for me as in terms of I, I needed to this rest, I needed to sit down, I needed to make my priority straight, I needed to focus on my relationship with God again. Um, and like I said, in the beginning, I was going to get ready to start a new job right after I quit, you know, another job. And then the virus happened. I'm like, dang. But I saw so much purpose in that because if it didn't happen, I would have immediately started working. I would have immediately started worrying, worrying and stressing a lot. And like, I'm, I'm not scared to admit that, like, I feel like with all that happening, God would be like number two you know, because of all that happening. And so, again, don't believe that God is doing this to the world. God allows these things to happen to reveal his glory and his goodness and his love. And his love, his ways are higher than our ways, uh, meaning, you know, we will never know exactly to the grain of why this is happening. But I think that's just the beauty of, of life. Um, and, 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 and challenging our purpose and, and believing our purpose. So Henry, what do you believe is your purpose here on earth? Because I think during these times, a lot of people are sitting down thinking like, okay, what am I going to do now? But, you know, what do you believe is your purpose here? And how does uh, that apply like, right now with what's happening too? Serve the will of God um, for his people, you know. Um, I kind of came across this a few years ago. Um, and if 
a little plug. If you read the rest of the book, um, you find out more about how I came across that. Um, but yeah, it was um, whether that be through the teaching that I currently do right now, um, because I teach a group of high school students um, seeking to enter the faith. Um, I kind of give them like a crash course in everything about the faith um, and everything about God and Jesus. Well, not everything, um, but as much as we can squeeze in. Um, and then we kind of let them free to go into the world. Um, whether it be through teaching them, uh, through working with youth in other contexts, um, or through just my life as a lay person, or through um, serving in a more consecrated religious context. Um, I just know that God has a, sp a special calling for me to serve um, his people and to spread his word. In this context, it's a reminder of the suffering um, that can come about sometimes as a part of that purpose and of how necessary it is that I keep my eyes on him. For me, um, I think from since I was 13, 12, my, I always had a passion for people, obviously. Um, I wanted to help them some way or another. Uh, through growing up, I realized that I, I, I have a voice. I realized that I learned that God gives us all God-given talents, and I, I try to utilize that. But even with all these talents that I have, you know, singing, worship leading, um, being an artist, being a a writer, a podcaster, you know, I have a love for children, like all of these things. And um, my mom's always like, just focus on one thing. But I can't. <laughs> but anyways, even with all that, I think all of them is revolved around love. And I think my main purpose is to share love. Because I always feel guilty, like, should I just focus on one thing to do that? Like how but I learned that, no, there's just so many different ways to share love. And that's just period. Like, that's me. Like, I think that's my main goal. And I think a lot of us, you know, try to aim towards is just sharing love. And there's not just one way to do that. So, and that's, I think, that was Jesus' main goal is to share his love. And that's what God is. You know, and we say that, you know, going back to our first episode, like God is love. Like he is the definition of love. And I aspire to um, share that love. It's not my own love. It's his love living through me. So that's my, I believe my purpose is, is just to help and serve others and to kind of uh, have God's light, you know, seep through me for them to realize that in the context of today, I think it's the same. And I think it's a challenge, you know. I think we will assume that we are limited, but I feel like I feel like something isn't yours until you're challenged and you're given the task for you to do something and you are given the choice whether to do it or not. So I have the choice of not to not do this podcast and not to share encouragement and love. Like I have the choice to do that. So 
people would assume that the hardest thing and and fulfilling your your purpose is you know in the process but i think it's when you're the process is being challenged by something you know yeah no, absolutely um and that's where you see who you are um there was a quote i saw last week where um i think someone said you don't um see what people are made of in a crisis um you see who they are we are all merely a part of this beautiful landscape one stroke of paint carefully applied by the painter who can see far beyond the limited canvas that we are confined to yes i love that beautiful landscape one stroke of paint carefully applied by the painter painter of course is interpreted as our mighty god and i just think that's just a beautiful interpret like a beautiful image that you used um in using that metaphor the painter and another one is like um the potter you know the potter's hand and we are his you know the mold the clay and i think that's just the perfect example of god's love like he carefully knitted us in our mom's womb like he knows the amount of hairs on your head he knows every mistake you're about to do in the future he knows all your past mistakes he knows your future glories and and he was the one who made that like he was the one who planned that and you know our fate like this is a weird example but our faces are not symmetrical i don't think anybody's face is symmetrical that's a weird example but it's just just to show you that we will have things we don't like about ourselves but god purposely put that there for whatever reason that is for you guys but um i just think I just think it's amazing how he puts a divine purpose in every stroke that he does in our lives. What brought you to this interpretation or this this uh piece of imagery? Where did you get it? Um from God. Um <laughs> True. <laughs> um it was hmm, it's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> Wait, did you write this one? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no copyright. <laughs> okay, so um now I remember. <laughs> the reason why um this particular line really stood out for me as well. Uh and the reason why it was written was because in this consideration of us having a purpose, you know, um we are God's creations. right and that, as you said we are specifically created by him and before he f- formed us in the mother's womb he knew us right and just as we do not know the path of the path of the wind so too do we not understand the path of the maker you know the way that god works in our lives um and there's this incredible mystery and beauty to the way that um god is so beyond us right and it's so incredible how when we look around everything in our world um there's 
an intentionality behind it, and specifically nature, um, with the way everything's set up. And I think that speaks to God. And the first part of my book actually kind of goes a lot more in depth about that. Um, but this idea of God as a painter is where, as you said, like we are, we're molded, right, uh, to be who we are today, right? And we can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Um, and I think it's just incredible to think that there's a painter that can craft this life, you know, um, in all its beauty and its tragedy. When you brought up nature, and um, I'm sure a lot of your book mentions nature. I was thinking the other day while, you know, going hiking, and I love hiking, I love the outdoors. Um, and it's, it's crazy and, and interesting that for a lot of people, I think, not all, maybe nature is not your thing, but uh, we find ourselves more connected and in tune with our lives, with God, when in nature, at least for me personally. You know, in the beginning, you know, God created, you know, the, um, the land, the ocean, the animals, you know, um, nature, period. And, and it's crazy how all these man-made things, these man-made expectations and, and uh, material things that surround us every single day and with our jobs and all of these things that were man-made and, and man-created um, tend to be the, the ones that stress us the most. And it's because they are man-made. And not saying that, you know, God didn't um, have a purpose in having all of these and didn't give us these ideas, but I think that just goes to show you that what God created first and what God, um, God is literally within, all of nature like that's one of my philosophies that he lives like he breathes through, through our trees and like you know it, it's just amazing you know because it's not there's nothing corrupt about nature really <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. and there's so much other corrupted things within our our government and and with the work the social classes and all these stuff um that we created you know just going back into nature and, and just the beginning of things and where it's so quiet and like there's no chaos at all and it's just stillness I think that's that's amazing um you said like a crack in like a molding is that what you said that we're like part of the mold yeah yeah, yeah. when it cracks uh for people don't know usually you know with clay it's remoldable you know so you know there are times where we where we will crack and we will reach moments in our life where we feel like, you know, there's a dead end and in that, or we're ugly or we have these negative thoughts um, or something is taken out of our lives, but God is preparing to remold us and remold us and remold us and remold us over and over and over again. Um, I believe that God is progressively turning us into you know beautiful creations like we already are but you know we're we're being refined each time each cycle ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 through 8 there is a time for everything 
and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. All right, so that was Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 through 8, which um, immediately I was drawn to when I read it in Henry's book, in his um, excerpt. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing all of these words. Um, hopefully you guys were encouraged. But before we close, Henry, do you have any closing remarks, any updates, um, anything you want to plug in, what to expect? Um. Firstly, about um, the excerpt that you read from Ecclesiastes 3. This is my favorite um, section of literature from the Bible um, in general. Uh, and it has always spoken to me. Um, and from getting the opportunity to read it at people's funerals um, and from trying to understand for myself um it always stands out for me whenever i think about my purpose um and what i mean in uh in god's eyes in terms of updates uh um i actually recently talked to my main editor for my book and she clarified uh, some of the questions that i had and suggestions gave me some suggestions so i'm actually about to actually send it off to some publishing companies um, yeah 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 uh it's pretty exciting um the the four that i'm gonna send it off to um one of them gets back within a month and the other one and the last the slowest one gets back um within like three to five months so we should definitely see uh by july or august at the latest october november but god willing uh it'll be out there by the end of the year um so so that'll be pretty beautiful um yeah awesome. yeah and i've been i've been thinking about um potential um book covers as well as I wait um, and Pauline you've been, you've been helping me out with some of that too um, to get yourself some credit as well and I've also just been kind of thinking about ways to promote it and advertise it so if there's any ways that you all can think of um, to help me promote it uh, please feel free to comment uh, in whatever way you can, I'll definitely consider whatever you say. And yes, thank you again for this that, opportunity. That, yes, that involves a launch party. <laughs> so whoever wants to help host that, we need a launch party. Absolutely. Henry's 
that'll be crazy oh, that'll be awesome yeah dude i i'm so so happy for you i've been trying to keep up with your book and and i'm just so proud of you and how far you've gotten um and please do an audiobook because you do have the voice for it <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> and uh, yeah and i am so blessed to have known you and um to have these talks this is definitely an, an awesome talk to end with at night it, we just hit midnight so that's crazy um so thank you henry for being a part of this and I'm, i i really hope um and i'm sure that uh your book will touch a lot of people's lives and will change the world. So congrats to you. <laughs> Thank you. I pray that it touches the right hearts. So yeah, that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for listening. So yeah, if you really like that, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, don't forget to give it a thumbs up, wherever platform you're using it on. Please rate positive and ponder five stars and you can follow me on instagram at pauline ponders please me and henry would love to hear your feedback your thoughts on what's happening right now and just um your initial thoughts from what was spoken so yeah uh what was your instagram henry it is yhm1500 there you go guys so that's it we'll see you guys next episode don't forget to always love, to always be curious, and to always ponder. Bye guys!